pastors in our section. We have Brendan Eads from Savoy on the left side. We've got David McGree uh, next to him from North Cities. Me on the far right. And then our sectional director right there. And it's going to be so much fun to get to hear some of the youth pastors in our area. Hear the burden and the passion that is ministering to the future generation in our area. And so I want you to be there to support the youth and to be blessed. You're going to get something out of it. And we're going to get something out of it for you being here to support us. And so we're going to work together. We're going to receive something. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we also have um, this coming Wednesday, uh, Sunday, we're going to be having Brother Seth Williams will also be ministering to us. Yes. Who enjoyed this past Sunday? Amen. And we're excited to hear him minister to us tonight as well. We believe the Lord is going to move here tonight. And we also have the 4th through the 7th of October is General Conference in Orlando, God willing. We're looking at Ian, seeing what he's doing. But we're believing, we're also looking to God, seeing what he's doing. All right. And so also on the 10th, we have our Ladies United Fellowship. Sister Dickie will be speaking. And that is going to be a whole lot of fun. I, I wasn't invited. But we are excited about that. That's going to be at Sirloin Stockade. And the sign-up sheet is in the foyer. So make sure you go and sign up if you plan to go. And we also have our care group luncheons coming up this next week. Yes. The second is going to be care group number four. That is Sister Nell Fleming's. We also have on the ninth care group number two. That will be Sister Leah Faust's. We have on the 16th care group number three, which is Sister Joanne Boltons, and then on the 23rd, we're going to have care group one with Sister Lisa Calico. If you do not know which care group you are in, we have a board out here to the right where our fundraiser board was at one point. So look there, see which care group you're in, and then get in contact. Your care group leader will get in touch with you, let you know what uh, they're wanting you to bring, and it's going to be a great time. And also, if you're interested in going on our church Branson trip, there are two spots. Two spots available left for you to be able to go. That's a trip you don't want to miss. The fellowship is going to be a great time. And also, if we could have our ushers come, we're going to take our tithes and our offering. And we are so excited, believing that on a Wednesday night, when you're tired, when you've worked all day, that God can move. Amen? So let's all stand up. Get ready to worship God. Give Him glory. Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for what you can do, what you will do. And Lord, we look to you today to bless us, to restore us. And I pray that you bless what's given, you bless the giver, and anoint the word for each. In Jesus' name, amen. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to
Contemplating a uh, new sign out front, uh, badly needed contemplation, or uh, wonderfully needed, and uh, so we have been dealing with a uh, sign company that is uh, of the United Pentecostal Church, and they have uh, furnished many of our churches with what we call a, a digital sign, and that relieves any uh, the pastor or the youth pastor having to climb up on a ladder and trying to hold letters in their own life at stake. And so uh, it's been a real enjoyable but uh, uh, a very often tense situation <laughs> uh, to get up and try to put all those letters, particularly if it happens to be a windy day. And as some of you know, because of that, there have been times that letters blew off and then we weren't able to get up there and get them back on. And and so the uh, board voted the other night that we should uh, buy a sign and the church is doing well. We looked at the financial and uh, we have a, a nice uh, amount of money in the bank and the sign is forty nine nine. 95 so $50,000 and that's installed it's digital it can be you can be in New York City and change it to become whatever is necessary and so uh, the again we we needed to come to you and so if you are a voting member of this body tonight and uh, you are a part of this church facility uh, what I would like for you to do uh, is there any of the board members that would like to make a statement prior to this uh, or uh, we, we can't take a lot of time because we've already rehearsed it and gone through it but we don't want to just rush through it uh, and so I would like for you to feel free to uh, you board members particularly to make any statement you would like so that people can feel or sense the confidence. 
Oh, yeah. That's not what the sign's going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize they had gotten it up there so nicely for us. Uh, that, that sign is going to be what we call ourselves. And then the, the sign, the second level is the digital. And again, that will be where the digital uh, statements will be placed. And it's a, it's a very, very quality sign. And uh, so need to get you to uh, put your confidence with ours uh, or not and so that we can move forward. They're planning on having this in place before Christmas this year. And uh, obviously weather could, uh, could change that. But those of you that uh, are members of this church and you would like to see this happen if you would stand right now and uh, we would like to move forward as as quickly as possible i'm a, i'm having my wife and her take pictures so that we don't have to take a lot of time just uh, going over this and uh, if you'll be seated then those of you that would prefer not to do this would you stand i don't think you need the pictures i, I, I just I just think all of us are ready to move forward, and I appreciate that. And we are going to call them tomorrow. There, uh, he, he told me they would do their best to get that in before the first of this year, and so I'm excited along with you. I think it's a great investment. People like that. Now, I would like to mention one other thing. Our board also voted to clean the brick and paint it a light gray to match the family center and to do the trim in white to really elevate the cleanliness and the diagnostics will be so beautiful as this happens. And we did not talk about the house that the youth pastor lives in, but they're going to get the same treatment. And then real quick, quickly, if we could, can we just give a hand clap to our amazing pastor and our amazing leadership at this church? I mean, none of this is possible without them. We are, we are so extremely blessed. And I consider it a very high honor to be able to say, you know, that I come to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris. And I, and I always love saying that. And then the response is, that's Brother Meyer, isn't it? That's Pastor. And I, I would just like to say, unofficially, he's our community's pastor. And just because it feels like everyone knows him as Pastor. But at this time, we're going we're gonna to flip it back into service mode. And we have a few prayer requests we're going to take to the Lord here tonight. Brandon Hutchins, Norman Gilbert, Vicki Sace, Sister Jean Fortner, Carla Clark, Pear family, Monica Helm, Emery Stacy, Lucille McFatridge, Rex Foster, Vernice Smith, Patricia Inslee, Mickey Hager, Megan Spann, Parker Armstrong, Alexis Roberts, Lloyd Ushery, Bob Bolton, T.W. Hush, Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Brother Sister Bristow, Brother Sister Proctor, 
and brother and sister Billy Trinado. And I'd like to open this front down, front open as well. If you have any needs or if you have any sort of problem or any sort of ailment, no matter how small or no matter how large, I, I just have a feeling and I know for a fact that we serve a God that's willing to step in. We serve a God that's willing to say, hey, it's a small problem. I see that. But if it's bothering you, then it's bothering me. I can't have my kids being ailed. I can't have my kids having physical problems going on in their body. So if you stubbed your toe, feel free to step out. And I I have a feeling and I know that we serve a God that's willing to step in. God, thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy, for your love, and for your grace, Jesus. Thank you for your continual pouring out. God, we serve a present God. A God that shows up day in and night out. We serve a God who steps in when we don't think we have it. Who steps in when we don't think we have the strength to carry on. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your pouring out and for your spirit and for your Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood over these names and over each and every single one of these needs here tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. I could live in the freedom you die for. And now my life is yours, and I will sing of your goodness forevermore.
you let it move. Our faith, our trust, our hope it's in our great God, our great God. No oh, heaven locked up, let it open. No kingdom stand still, let it move. Our faith, our trust, our hope in our great God, our great God. No heaven locked up, let it open. and I can't remember the character he was talking to, but he said, take this 
arrow. And he said, smite the ground with it. He said, smite the ground with it. The character smites the ground thrice. And Elisha's a little bit angry. He's like, why did you smite the ground only thrice? He said, you see, because you could have had complete victory over your enemy. But you stopped. And don't get me wrong, I I know each and every single one of these people here, you worked hard today. And that's great. And I'm not going to take up your time. And Brother Seth is sure not going to take up your time. He's He's a man of God, and he's got a message from God. But I've come to say, we can't stop at thrice. We can't stop at, oh, I've got three victories, so I'm good enough. We got to get with it. And it's Wednesday night church. We're not supposed to have church on Wednesday nights, right? I I thought that was the motto since COVID. We don't have as much church or we don't get with it as much. No, that's called the enemy. But instead, if we could get a nation that says, I'm not going to stop at three times, but I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going because I understand I can have complete victory over my enemy and so we're going to sing just a little bit and the man of God's still going to come but I ask you don't doze off don't doze off when God's moving don't, go, don't, don't doze off when God goes to pray we're in an hour it was God's final hour we can't be dozing off now You see, there's a nation that's rising up. There's a generation, and it's not just the young people. No, we're going to have to have leaders. We're going to have to have middle-aged people. We're going to have to have the whole team contributing to win this fight. No kingdom stand still, let it move. Our faith, our trust, our hope, and our great God, our great God. No heaven locked up, let it open. And no kingdom stand still, let it move. Our faith, our trust, our hope, and our great Trust our hope and our
locked up, let it open. And no kingdom stands still, let it move. Our faith, our trust, our hope in our great God. given you and I he said you are the light of the world you are the leaven that will leaven the whole lump you are the people that will share heartbeats and glories to a world that has diminished in so many areas and we are so happy tonight to have with us brother Seth Williams a man who has committed his life, who has married a lady that has committed her life, and they have some of the most precious children, and they all eat ice cream. And it was such a treat today. I went and got the big brown and white van, loaded them up, and seven or eight of us went to the dairy, I mean to the uh, Brahms ice cream parlor. And I think I wound up eating as much as they did. So we welcome tonight to this pulpit. And I won't be here Sunday probably unless that tornado and hurricane keep rattling around down there. But we are supposed to, my wife and I are supposed to fly out because we are on committees that help to form the next couple of years in the United Pentecostal Church. And, uh, and we are honored to do that, but uh, everything being what it's supposed to be. But Brother Williams will be here again Sunday, and we really appreciate his anointing, his ministry. And would you come? Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Got to get out that out of the way so y'all can see me. A little guy up here. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night? I say we just forget about what night of the week it is and we just go ahead and have a move of God. 
because there are people that are standing in this room that I prayed for you today. And let's be real honest, you didn't intend on being here tonight, but something compelled you. And as I walked that prayer room earlier during the day and I began to pray for people I do not know, I said, God, let them decide right now we're going to church. And I felt as God's spirit began to move, the Lord tell me there are people here who I drew to this place. There are people here who are hurting and who are broken, but the adversary has convinced you to stay where you are, to convince you to hold on because he's made you feel like a less of a person because you've made mistakes, because you've got flaws and imperfections. I want you to know it's okay for God to heal you on a Wednesday night. It's okay for God to renew you in the Holy Ghost on a Wednesday night. It's okay for you to find restoration if you'll just lift your hands and respond to the move of God's Spirit. I know many of places are customary to having Bible study on Wednesday nights and I, I assure you everything that I preach I've studied from the Bible but that is much Bible study as we are going to get you can study out what I'm going to preach and I've studied out what I'm going to preach and, and we'll call that a Bible study but I believe in the day and the hour in which we live when God's pouring his spirit out there's no such thing as an off night there's no such thing as just showing up and going through the order but every time we walk in the doors whether it's a business meeting whether it's a church service or whether it's a prayer meeting we ought to have a divine intervention of the Holy Ghost there ought to be a move of God's spirit his, his word says where two or three are gathered together in my name I can't count real good but there's more than two or three here tonight so I declare we're about to have a move of God's spirit in this this room somebody's about to find forgiveness like they've been looking for matter of fact there's some of you in this room that you need to just forgive yourself you're still allowing the adversary to hold, I'm getting the cart in front of the horse, but I feel a vein of the spirit right now. You've been allowing the adversary to saddle you with things that happened in your past and God has already forgiven you. You need to rise up and forgive yourself and just start marching forward. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy, for when I fall, the fall's gonna happen, but it's what you do after the fall. You gotta get back up and keep fighting. You gotta get back up and keep marching. Don't walk out and quit. Get up and stay. Get up and fight. Get up and live. Acts chapter number seven, verse number 54. Acts seven and 54, while you're turning there, it is such an honor to be in Paris, not only with my wife's family. Uncle Bo did me right last night. He called. I was on the phone. JC answered. He said, hey, you have Seth call me. I called him and he said, hey, Logan's going to come by there and get you. Then Logan's going to come get me and we're going to go down there to the fish fry. And I just spilt the beans right there, Bo. It's supposed to be a secret me because she asked me, she said, what did Jimbo want? I said, did Jimbo talk to you or Jimbo talk to me? And he told me to tell her we just had a private meeting, so I spilt the beans, but it is an honor to be here with you and Sister Meyer, Brother Meyer. We are so honored to be here. Amen. It is a, a distinct honor, and thank you for that one. We had a great time. I didn't care what vehicle we took. I was getting ice cream. 
He could have asked me to walk with him, and I Brahms ain't that far, and it's good ice cream. But thank you to this wonderful church. You have blessed us. I know JC's a hometown girl, but I love walking in here and hearing the stories and hearing that my girls look just like their mama, and thank God for that. Amen. But I give honor to all of you. Amen. Acts chapter number 7, verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed on him with their teeth, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Amen. Could you close your Bibles and lift your hands towards heaven and ask God to anoint the remainder of this service. God, we love you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the phenomenal job done by this praise team to usher in the presence of God that we feel right now. I pray, God, that you would anoint me to preach your word with passion, with compassion, with love and respect. But most of all, God, let me walk in the Holy Ghost and preach with the anointing that comes from your spirit. And God, before we leave this place, let there be restoration. Before we leave this house let there be mercy let there be forgiveness let there be a liberty and a freedom that only comes from your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus can you put your hands together under the Lord one more time brother Meyer I'm okay to take this coat off oh thank you sir God bless you. You may be seated. We'll figure what out we're doing here in a minute. Before we get to where we are going in the word of God, if you're a person that needs a title, I've titled this message more than a coat holder. You are more than a coat holder, but we've got to understand what's going on in our opening text. In Acts chapter number six, Stephen is one of seven that is chosen to serve with the disciples. And in verse 8 of of chapter 6 in the book of Acts, the Bible says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles amongst the people. Amen. There's something to be said about a people that know how to operate in the gifts of faith. Amen. The gifts of faith are not dead. God still heals. God still saves. God still delivers and restores. But we need a people to rise up in this day and say, I am full of faith. We need some Stevens today that arise up and say, I still believe that my God is able to heal. I still believe that we can lay hands on the sick. It was after Stephen was full of faith that he did great wonders. Everybody's going to be looking at you for a while, bud. It's going to be okay. It happens. You know what? I believe he can lay his hands on you because this young man's full of faith. This young man stood the test of time when everything rose up against him, when everything tried to stop him and everything tried to shut him down. He said, I'm going to keep living for the Lord. I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. And I believe that today that this Stephen could be like this Stephen and the power of the Holy Ghost could work in this house. 
I submit to you it's not about a name of an individual. It's about the name that is above every other name. It's about the name Jesus Christ. There anybody in this room, let me tell you something. The gifts of the Spirit, we'll get off into this for a minute. The gifts of the Spirit aren't just reserved for the ministry in a pulpit. It's time we start seeing people get healed down here in Walmart. It's time we start seeing people get healed down here at Brown's. God will heal them, then we can eat ice cream together, and we'll talk about how good God is, but what our world needs. Our world don't need a church that is reserved and quiet, ashamed to be apostolic, sitting off in a corner somewhere, but a radical world. Sin is bold. We need a church that's bold. We need a radical church that says, hey, I believe that when I pray, God hears, and when God hears, God works. I don't know what you come looking for on Wednesday night, but I've come looking for somebody full of faith. Bible says every man's given a measure of a mustard seed. It's not the will of God for it to stay a mustard seed. Everybody's got that. Faith will grow the more you use it. Faith will grow that seed. Anybody, anybody plant a garden? Anybody, two of you? There's more of you. Okay. If you've ever planted a garden, ever looked about somebody that planted a garden, or ever heard of somebody that plants a garden, they dig the ground up. Back in some of y'all's day, you had to use this little thing on the handle called a hoe. Thank God now they got gas-powered tillers, and it'll do all the hard work for you, save you back a whole lot of trouble. But you plant that seed. But the deal is you don't walk away from that seed and never go revisit it again. The deal is you don't walk, it's worth every ounce of sweat. You gotta go out there and pour water. It's worth every ounce of getting down on your hands and knees and pulling the weed out. Why? Because you wanna see it produce. You wanna see it become something that it's supposed to be and your spiritual world is no different. You gotta use the gifts of the spirit. You gotta use your prayer life. You gotta use the word of God. The problem is we want the product without the labor. We want to see the miracles. We want to see the signs and wonders. But nobody's walking in faith anymore. Your faith's going to grow the more you use it. Your faith, I'm telling you right now, what God is getting ready to show this church is going to blow people's minds. And when they find out where you go to church at, there's not enough pews in this room for what God's getting ready to do in this city and in this very church, in this local assembly. But there's got to be some people that say, hey, I'll be full of faith and God will do the wonders. God will do the work and God will do something. I've come on this Wednesday night not just thinking people can be healed. How many miracle opportunities are in there in the room tonight? This is a step of faith to lift your hand and say, I need a miracle. I need God to move. I don't just believe God can. I know God will. I don't just believe that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask or think. I declare on this Wednesday night, your miracle's here. They used to sing that song. And they could tear it up and they'd say, there's a promise coming down your dusty road and from his holy hands. So, some of y'all don't know this song, but I got some of you back there that's got a little bit more experience. You're not old, you just got some experience under your belt. 
You understand what I'm talking about? Well, I got news. You need to get rid of that song because your promise ain't coming. It's here. Your God, God is not a God that he can lie. He hadn't forgotten his promise. He hadn't forsaken you. He hadn't isolated you and left you all alone. Your promise ain't coming down a dusty road. Your promise is in this room and it's in this Wednesday night. Your miracle's going to happen if somebody will just operate in faith. Oh, but the adversary is trying to tell you it's Wednesday night. Don't get with the preacher. It's Wednesday night. It's supposed to be Bible study. You've been through hell and back. Why you shout? You know why? It don't matter what I've been through when I got the God that I got. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll be with you always. It don't matter what comes my way. I've got to hold on to that unchanging hand. Anybody ever had a miracle before? You've experienced one. So then you know firsthand. I'm just going to get crazy, Brother Meyer. I've been that way a long time. I'm just going to show it to people now. Kind of been holding it back a little bit. If God has ever done a miracle for you, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Or just lift your hand up. I want you to look around this room. This isn't miracles that are heard about. This isn't miracles that happened overseas, but miracles in this very, and some of your mind is going back. That's what you need to do because he said, I am the Lord and I change not the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So don't you let that devil lie to you. You've been believing the lies too long. God still loves you. God still cares about you. God is still able to heal your body. But you don't know what I, I don't care what you did. With all due respect, I'm not near as worried about what you did. I'm worried about who you know. And when you know him, it don't matter what you did. I heard a story told to me and I, I just, I leave out all the details and I just get to the root of it. I, I'm a fast paced kind of person if you can't tell. I'm high energy. I like to get where I'm going, get there and be done and move on to something else. So... I miss a lot of details, and it makes me not a very good storyteller, but I, I can tell you the root of it. There was this missionary and his family, and, and um, I, I understand we're live streaming. Got to be careful with all these kind of things, but, but anyhow, they, they were missionaries in Africa, and they were on their way to this service, and God had been moving, and there was this band of witch doctors that were going to stop them and their family from getting where they were going to have church. And these witch doctors got in front of him and the leader of the group, he said, I'll tell you what I'm about to do. I'm about to tell you every sin you've ever committed. And I'm just going to flat embarrass you. And that preacher folded his arms, that missionary, he said, go ahead. And he said that witch doctor started the way it was told to me, that witch doctor started hooping and hollering and doing all this other stuff and said then he just began to scream in rage. And he stopped. 
And he looked at him. He started chanting again and going on. Then he just started screaming in rage and shaking his head. And the preacher asked him, he said, what's the matter? He said, I can see it. I can see something. He said, I don't know what it is because it's covered in too much blood. I want you to know the adversary can't pull anything out from under the blood. If God has forgiven you, you need to be forgiven and quit worrying about it because what's under the blood is under the blood. And there's not a devil in hell or a person on this earth that can remove your sins from out of the blood of Jesus Christ it's time you rise up again and walk in liberty and walk in freedom and deliverance of the power of Jesus Stephen is lied on they bring in false witnesses against him and they ask Stephen about it and Stephen knows that what he is about to tell them is directly from God and they're not going to like it There's a difference in being honest and being um, chastising, being critical. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but that doesn't give me the right to take this word and go up to somebody, Brother Sterling, and smack them and say, you better get right or you're going to hell. You ain't going to win nobody like that. Don't matter how true a statement may be, it's not always about what you say. It's about how you say And too many times people are driven away from the how. You want to know what the church's job is? And I'm not your pastor, nor am I trying to be. If he says something different, he's right and I'm wrong. But it's the church's job to love people. You want to know your job? Be faithful to the house of God. Be faithful to the man of God. And love everybody you come in contact with. The word says hate the sin, but love the sinner. It don't matter if you know what they did. God knows what you did. It's the job of the man of God and the word of God and the spirit of God to help people make the changes. It's the church's job to love people. Stephen knows that what he's about to say is going to get him killed. But he rises up and he says it anyway. And what I want to bring your attention to, and I'm quickly getting through this. What I want to bring your attention to is in Acts chapter 7, verse number 58 that we opened up with. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. The clothes they were talking about was an outer garment. They didn't just strip it all down and lay it there and go throw some stones. They just took off an outer garment. It was literally like a coat or a cloak. And there was a young man whose name was Saul that was just standing there collecting these coats. You understand, Saul Saul wasn't throwing a stone. Saul wasn't taking part in what was going on. He was just merely standing by. He was just close enough on the edge where he could be there but yet still be distanced from it too. It started out just something so simple. Can I have that back? I'm sorry. You know what? Just hold it. Stand there. You look good tonight. There you go. Anybody ever played ball in a coat? First thing you do is you take one shot or you make one throw and you take that dude off because you get better range of motion. You're able to move a lot better. And they wanted to make sure, Brother Darren, that that stone was going to hit this man right where they were aiming. So they laid their coat down to Saul. See, he went from Stephen to Saul. Here in a minute, he's going to turn to Paul. All kind of crazy things are going to happen tonight. All kind of transformations. He's still going to be your husband. You don't have to worry about it. It started out just standing by holding the coach. It started out, it's not really that big of a deal, Pastor. I'm just, I'm just going to hang out with this circle of friends. It's not really that big of an issue. I'm just going to hold the coach. I'm not going to throw a stone. I'm just going to associate myself by holding on to their garment. 
And there are some of you in this room that it started out so simple that you never meant to be where you have ended up. It just was just going to be a weekend. It was just going to be a one weekend kind of deal. I'm not really going to, I'm not going to backslide. I'm not going to leave. I'm not, I'm not going to let down on this. I'm not going to let down on that. And you started out just holding the coat. But sin's a hard taskmaster. The adversary's only desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. And what starts out as holding a coat ends up as something so much more. I'll take that. Thank you. You don't have to stand here the whole time. It started out as something so simple. I'm not going to really do anything wrong. I'm just going to stand here and associate. But then you look in Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And and devout men, in in verse number 2 of Acts 8, they carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. And then you read verse number 3. It says, as for Saul, as for that coat holder, as for the one that was just there by association, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them unto prison. Don't tell me it don't matter who you hang out with. Don't tell me it don't matter what you expose your life to. Don't tell me it don't matter where you go and what you do because what you slowly allow in today will ultimately destroy you tomorrow. I know you're just holding the coach, but tomorrow you'll be throwing the stone. I know you're just going out for a weekend, but before you know it, it'll be six months and we won't see you. Before you know it, it'll be two years and nobody knows what's going on in your world. I know it's not popular, but God didn't call me to be popular. It matters, church. It matters what your intake is. I understand the day and the hour in which we live. I understand television. I understand all that. You can access more on that little device in your pocket than you'll ever see across the TV screen. But what matters is content. What am I taking in? What am I breathing out? What is it doing for me? If it's between you and God, you need to get rid of it. I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is. God's trying to draw people under him. Believe me or not, this is a message of faith, and we're going to turn this thing around here in just a minute. You got to get through the heavy stuff before you can get to the good stuff because the reality is there are people in this room right now under the sound of my voice that it started out as a little thing. And now you're trying to add it up, saying, how in the world did I end up here? You're looking back over your life right now as this message is being preached into your hearing, and you're trying to figure it out. How did I ever let my guard down? It was just that little thing. I'm just holding the coats. It's no big deal. It's never a big deal until it is. The famous saying is, oh, that'll never happen to me until it does. It's why you got to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. Everything that we do, we've got to guard ourselves. We've got to protect ourselves. Saul, we find now, he goes from holding coats to now he's persecuting the church. In Acts chapter 9, and, and we're almost done. We're fixing to turn this thing. Have y'all ever seen anybody bust a U-turn? 
I'll tell you right now, we busted one real good in that bus. Brother Meyer said, y'all hold on, and we held on. And he said, I don't know why everybody waits for that right lane to get clear before they make this little turnaround. And I don't know either. It's okay to go ahead and turn if that left lane's open. You ain't going to take up all that road. I'm going to help some of y'all tonight one way or another. We busted that U-turn because we had somewhere to be, and we're fixing to bust that U-turn right here because you were sick and tired of being labeled as that coat holder. You were sick and tired of going to bed at night with a load of guilt and a load of shame about something that started out so innocently about something that started out so minute and now has turned into something so major and you don't know how to get it back. I'm fixing to show you how to get it back in the scripture. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the church. I'm in Acts chapter number nine, the first 15 verses, but we won't read all of them. Brother Micah, can you do me a favor up there? Or I'm sorry, brother. Can you get me Acts chapter number nine and verse 15 and just hold on to it? That's the golden nugget to this whole thing, so please don't let it slip early. Just Acts 9 and 15, just hold on. And don't none of you be turning in your phones and your Bibles and trying to jump ahead of me. I see you. I'm not the preacher that stares at the back wall. I'm looking. Saul, he's on his way to Damascus. He's got papers. You know the story. He's fixing to go down there, and he don't care if they're men. He don't care if they're women. He don't care if they're followers of Jesus Christ. He's fixing to persecute them. He's going to lock them up, and he's got the right to do so. And on his way, the glory of the Lord shines down. Well, all right then. We'll get there in a minute. He's on his way to Damascus and the glory of the Lord blinds him. And the Lord calls unto him, he says, Saul, Saul. And immediately Saul understands who's calling unto him. He says, who art thou, Lord? You better understand today the adversary knows the voice of the Lord. The difference is the church needs to know the voice of the Lord. We need to get these other voices out of our life and make sure we understand what voice we're listening to. And we better be able to identify the voice of the Lord speaking into our life. He says, who art thou, Lord? He said, why persecutest thou me? He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And trembling and astonished, he said in verse 6, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. If Saul, before his conversion, understood the importance of a little bit of fasting, these things cometh not but by prayer and fasting. I'm telling you, you need something to break in your life. Why don't you go on a little bit of a fast? That's another message for another time. I'll leave you alone about it. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house for one, of Judas for one called Saul. So he's now talking to Ananias. I'm in verse 11. Jesus is now talking to Ananias. He said, Ananias, there's a man in the house of Judas whose name is Saul, that coat holder that was there the day Stephen was stoned, that one that's persecuting Christians. And Ananias said unto him in verse number 13, 
I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to blind all that call on thy name. Ananias began to argue with God. The Lord said, Ananias, I want you to go pray for Saul. And Ananias said what many of us in this room are guilty of. Well, do you know who they are? Do you know what they did? Do you know where they come from? I know that don't happen here, so that happens in another church. Down the road at another place, Brother Griffith that I was preaching at, they look at people that way. I want you to know something. Whether you were raised in this church house or you were raised in the crack house, the word and the love of God is for you. This is where you belong. It don't matter what you've done. It don't matter what you've been through. It don't matter how many times you've been in and how many times you've been out. This is where you belong. You belong in the kingdom of God. You belong in the house of God. I'm telling you, don't be surprised who's fixing to walk through these doors in the next few weeks. People who walked out of here and said they were never coming back, yeah, they're fixing to eat crow because they're coming back. People who you have written off that said there's no hope in praying for them anymore, you better get that prayer wheel fired back up because your family's coming home, baby. Your family's coming home, saying to God, your children are going to pray back through. I know they cuss at you every time you talk about church, but they're fixing to walk back through these back doors and God's going to save families and God's going to reunite families and God's going to restore people. And the Lord said, Ananias, I want you to go pray for him. And here we go. Can we put verse number 15 up there? But the Lord said unto him, I know he's a coat holder. I know he's persecuted Christians. I know that he's on his way right now to lock people up. But you got to understand something, Ananias. When I look at him, I see more than a coat holder. When I look at him, I see more than what he's done. I see more than what he's been through and where he comes from. He said, go, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. Or in this version, it's a chosen instrument of mine. The King James Version says, he is a chosen vessel unto me. The Lord said, when I look at Saul, I don't care what he's done. I don't care where he comes from. And I don't care how he got started. When I look at him, I don't see his sin. I don't see his failure. I don't see his misfortune. And when God's looking into this room right now, he don't see an alcoholic. He don't see a drug addict. He don't see an adulterer. He don't see somebody that's holding ill feelings when he looks into this room tonight he sees more than a coat holder he sees a chosen vessel under him that he can work through that he can work in and that he can make something out of your life so Ananias says okay God I'll go pray for him and the cool thing is when you understand what the name Ananias means The name Ananias literally translated. And Brother Logan and Brother Stephen looking at me smiling. We had this conversation over dinner several months ago. I think back in February we were talking about this. The name Ananias means the Lord has been gracious to me. The very first thing that Saul, that coat holder, that persecutor, that murderer, 
that evil man who's come to destroy the church of the living God, the very first thing he sees, Brother Morton, when his eyes are open, is the grace and the mercy of God. Some of you have been so blinded about what you have done, so blinded about what you've been through, so blinded about things that have happened and the load and the guilt of shame. But I declare to you on this Wednesday night, when the hand of God touches your world, you're fixing to open your eyes to a grace and a mercy like you've never known. I want you to know it don't matter what you've done. It don't matter how bad you've been or how long and how far you have ran. You are still a chosen vessel unto God. You're more than a coat holder. Some of you need, especially some of you young people, you are more than what generational curses say you have to be. Just because grandma and grandpa and those in your family lineage were alcoholics and drug addicts, it doesn't mean you have to be. Huh? Somebody told me I may have seen it on a shirt or something. They said, it ran in my family until it ran into me. Somebody's got to be the curse breaker. Somebody's got to be the chain breaker. Somebody's got to be this chosen vessel under God that says, you know what? I'm more than that coat holder. I'm more than what I started out with. I'm more than what I've done. You need to understand something. God wants to forgive you. God wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal your soul. And he wants to use you for his glory. You got to let go of the coat, Saul, and you got to let God make you a chosen vessel. Should you stand with me all across this room? Sister Callan, come do what you do and give them some hope. I stood over there with my eyes closed and my hands clasped together, really wanting to preach a totally different message. I wanted to preach one that have you shouting and running. I want to preach one that's seen people getting miracles, seen people shouting. Well, you know what we need to do? Sunday, we need to just come in here, have a good old shouting time, see some bobby pins fly, see some people dance a little bit. Oh, I can't do what I used to do. You can do something. But we're going to save that for Sunday. Because, Brother Stephen, I wanted to preach something totally different. But God said there's some coat holders in the room today on a Wednesday night. And the devil has convinced you. It just sat down in this place. The devil has convinced some of you that you'll never get back to where you used to be. And to a degree, that's a right statement. Because God don't want to bring you back to where you used to be. He wants to bring you further. You've believed the lie long enough, sir. Young people, you've believed the lie long enough. It's okay. Being a cold holder requires you to hold it all together. Because you made your choices. And now you got to stand by them. You know that old statement, God knew who I was. God made me who I am. God didn't make your choices for you. But the beauty of it is this, even though your choices drove you away from him, there's still a father's house that's open for a prodigal. 
the prodigal had to get a single revelation. You know what that prodigal's revelation was? Not the fact that it was better at daddy's house. That goes without saying. But he had to get a revelation, Pastor Meyer. I don't belong where I am. You're in this world, but not of this world. We don't belong here. You don't belong under that load of guilt and shame. I know this message has been unorthodox from the time it got started even to right now, but I know I feel the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm not interested in putting a sermon together and making it look all pretty and sound right. I'm in a, I told God, I said, God, you didn't call me to be an entertainer. I like to get amped up. I like all the veins to fill out in my face and me get red and feel like I'm fixing to have a heart attack. All that stuff's real good and fun. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if God don't move. Brother Sterling, there's coat holders in the house today. You're in this room. How did I end up here? I never meant for it to go this far, Pastor. It happened so fast. It was just supposed to be a night, supposed to be a week trip. And now the devil's got you saddled. Somebody, it's not, it's time tonight to realize you're more than a coat holder. It's time some of you make a trip to this altar like you used to do. Because the coat holder mentality says, as long as I can come and still feel God's presence, I'm okay. The coat holder mentality says just as long as I can come and, and still feel God's spirit move when they sing just right and, and they worship just right and he preaches at the right decibels and he, and he says my favorite scriptures, as long as I can still feel it, I'm okay. The greatest altar call our churches will ever see will be a second too late. Our walls will be knocked down and it'll be a second after that trumpet sounds and the church is called away. There's some coat holders in the room today that you don't need to wait. I know it's Wednesday night. I know I've probably fallen off my rocker and bumped my head. But I know what God told me. There are people that are crushing beneath the load of sin. Knees are shaking. The load's getting heavy. You've even gone as far to making statements as I don't know if I can make it one more day. Do you join me around the front right now? Don't come just because you feel obligated. But preacher, you don't know. You know what this man named Saul? Have you ever picked up your Bible? You ever read the New Testament? This man that used to persecute Christians is the very same man who is credited with writing over half of the New Testament. Tell me you've messed up too bad. 
tell me, Samaritan woman at the well who's been married five times and the man you're shacked up with now you're not married to, tell me you've messed up too bad, but yet the Lord looked at her and said, I can give you a drink and you'll never thirst again. I don't care what's in your past. Let me tell you something. Your past is your past. You've got right now to get ready for tomorrow. And tomorrow may never get here. Can't do anything about yesterday other than repent over it. Can't go back and change it. But the God that I serve can forget about all those yesterdays. There's one reason that God allows you to remember your past. And it's not so you live under a load of guilt and shame. But it's so you can look back and say, thank God. Thank God I'm not that coat holder anymore. Thank God I don't go the places I used to go and I don't do the things I used to do. Tell me God don't care, Jonah. There's people in this room, you've been running from God. Literally running as hard as you can. Jonah ran as far geographically as he could possibly go. He ran out of land to run away from God on. And the Lord said, I'll send a great fish. He jumped, he had them throw him off of that boat, not so that he could make it better for them, but he wanted to end his life. He said, I've ran so far that I've ran out of options. Our problem today is we have too many options. And we leave God as the last resort. And Jonah jumped out of that boat. And a great fish swallowed him and brought him to his destination. And God said, even though you've ran as far as you can run. I don't usually take long in these altar calls. But the adversary's battling minds right now. And you're needing proof. And you're needing assurance. There are some of you, I said it to somebody tonight when I prayed for you during the worship service. There are some of you that God moved for you Sunday and you have fought hell like never before. And he's tried to make you doubt what God did for you and trying to make you think it didn't happen. The devil is a liar. Even after King David had been anointed, defeated a lion, a bear, a giant, and sat on the throne, he committed sin. And it was after that sin that he became a man after God's own heart. Rahab, the Bible calls a harlot, makes it into a hall of faith. And the lineage of Jesus Christ flows from an unwanted daughter and an unwanted wife in that of Leah. Leah was unwanted because of her condition. Leah was unwanted because she was different than everybody else. And from that unwanted person, She wasn't as pretty as her other sister. She wasn't as desirable. But she began to bear children. And she birthed her fourth son named Judah. Judah, we know, means praise. And Jesus was born through the lineage of the tribe of Judah. You've come too late to tell me that you're unwanted. You've come too late to tell me you don't matter. The problem is you're still holding on to coats you need to let go of. 
The problem is, Brother Stephen, it's taken them further than they wanted to go and it's done more damage to them than they thought they would ever suffer. And now they feel like they'll never get it back. Let me tell you what you need to do right now. Don't preach me a sermon and then not tell me what to do. After he preached, they said, what do we need to do to be saved? After they preached, they said, what do we do now? You need to lift your hands and close your eyes and not pray me some lay me down to sleep kind of bedtime prayer just going through the motions to satisfy another altar call. I declare to you what you don't even need. You don't even let your praise out of your mouth right now. You need to let your brokenness out. You need to let your emotional scars, your emotional hurts, your failures, your shortcomings and your mistakes. Somebody's trying to right now, but the adversary's fighting. Come on, church, lift your voice as one body right now. You're more than a coat holder, saint of God. You're more than a coat holder, backslidden friend of ours. You're more than what you've been through. You're more than what you've been labeled by. You're a chosen vessel unto God. Oh, yeah, there comes that restoration right now. There comes that feeling of mercy. There comes that fresh wind of grace blowing through a house. Ah. The devil say, you don't deserve it. None of us deserve it, but God gives it to us because it's grace, the unmerited favor of God. Come on, young person, lift your voice right now. Quit believing those lies. Come on, elder, saying to God, you hadn't lost your value just because you've got up in years. You hadn't lost your worth. Ah. Come on, friend, that you hadn't been living the way you need to be living. And you showed up here tonight hoping you could feel him again. And he's reaching for you right now, saying, come home. You're still a chosen vessel. Come back. I still love you. Yeah. That's it. You got to break through the guilt. I know it's heavy, but the hand of God's going to lift it off of you. (laughs) It's not easy to address the past, it's not easy to address mistakes. But if God be for me, God is fighting for you. God is reaching for you. Come home. You're a chosen vessel. Yeah, come on. Lift your hands and let it release. Lifted hands is a sign of surrender and a signal that I'm ready to receive. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Not for a minute was 
The devil's a liar. God's anointing is still on you. The devil's a liar. God's promises are still true. God is in this place. Come, Lord, be spirit. Drive
there's a shift in this atmosphere right now. And God is breaking things for these young people, but I want you to know there are adults in this room right now that you desperately need to respond to God. But the deal is, you've lived with it so long now, it's just become a part of who you are. You leave if you need to leave. I know know there's people walking out, but if you want to be that chosen vessel, if you want to lay the coat down, there's a shift in this atmosphere. And at the front of this church, there are fixing to be some things that have attached itself to you that are going to break off of your life. I love young people, but this message is not about young people right now. They're going to get theirs. They're going to break through. It's happening right now all across this front. But there's some adults under the sound of my voice right now. You need to the spirit of what's on these young people to get a hold of you like never before. I'm not being judgmental nor am I being critical but there's an urgency in the Holy Ghost. There are some of you that you believe the lies too long. You're under the persecution and the weight of a coat holder and the devil has fought you that you come up here and you did your go through the motions and you did your routine. I want every adult that's still in this room, every adult in this room, please don't make me call anybody out right now. If you need to talk, I'm asking you right now. I'm very sincere. And Brother Meyer, if I need to stop, you just tell me. I want every adult in this room to lift your hands. There's fixing to be a spirit break in this room. There's been a spirit raise its head up in some of your lives right now. And by the authority of the Holy Ghost, according to the Word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus, I command it to be broken right now. Let every wall be brought down and every chain be loosed. Let every mind be set free. Come on, church, lift your voice right now. It's not over. God's not done with you. It isn't just got to be what it is. It's time to rise up. It's time to move beyond what you've been through and step into a renewing. Step into a breakthrough. It don't have to be the same way it's always been. You're a chosen vessel. If you need it to break, I want you to step to this front as close as you can get. Somebody that's serious about it. Somebody that wants it to break today.
Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, oh Jesus, Jesus. You Cheers!
Can't deny.